watching the polls on the Joy News channel coming up this afternoon. Uh, Ghana football in turmoil as aggrieved sports fans here in Accra petition the Ministry of Youth and Sports, hoping to stop the impending uh, Ghana Football Association elections uh, scheduled for tomorrow. Telling you more as uh, the fans explain why the Ghana Football Association president Keto Kweku is uh, supposed to be facing some stiff opposition ahead of the polling tomorrow and the reason for which they are asking the processes to be put on hold. Also this afternoon we're paying attention to happenings at Tor's tension escalates and the Tema Oli refinery as the General Transport Petroleum and Chemical Workers Union uh, demanding the immediate dissolution of the board of directors uh, for Tor describing the appointees as incompetent and corrupt. Of this board, we are asking the president and the minister to make sure that these people are off the board. We do as soon as possible. They don't have any business here because they are here for their personal interest. Tor is on the agenda here on the polls. We're also talking about President Akufando, who's warning democracy is regressing in Africa as is calling on world leaders and other organizations to fight the rise of military takeovers across the continent. Institutional changes in government in parts of Africa, especially in West Africa, through a series of coup d'etats and military interventions in governments, which testify to democratic regression. All from President Akufo-Andu as the Commonwealth uh, Conference is being hosted here in Accra, where the Speaker of Parliament is also waiting in, indicating that elected uh, African leaders are part of the reasons for which we're suffering the increasing military takeovers. The Balls, as always, is brought to you by Global Communities, Digni Lua, Affordable Safe Sanitation. Don't forget that we're on DSTV Channel 421, Go TV Channel 125, and Blessed Sugar. Join us as independent, fearless, and credible. We're back with details shortly. Please stay. And this afternoon, tours on the agenda. The General Transport Petroleum and Chemical Workers Union of the Tamil Refinery are demanding the immediate dissolution of the Board of Tour. The aggrieved workers accused the directors of uh, permitting a new special purpose vehicle named the Tema Energy and Processing Limited uh, a, with a share allocation of some 40% to the CAD investment holdings, 40% to Torinco, and also 20% to a certain uh, Tor Workers Charity Trust that they do not endorse. Well, Bernardo is the national chairperson of the uh, union. He's been addressing the press earlier today. The constant and continuous changing of the entity's name suggests that this entity is trying at every point in time to hide all the dubious and scandalous issues behind it. It keeps changing its name, and now 
we have a new entity with the same people by name Tema Energy and Processing Limited. Now, what even strikes all the workers here is that behind the blind side or at the blind side of all workers, they have induced some Unicorn executive and their cause to form Tor Workers Charity Trust. And then they have given them 15% of the shares, 20% of the shares of uh, Tema Energy and Processing Limited. At the blind side of management and the entire workforce, we want this clear cut of unethical and conflict of interest to be resolved by the appointing authority. We want management to take strict measures in averting all these issues and make sure that these individuals who have perpetrated this act are brought to book. Yes. Otherwise, as workers in the refinery and as executives, we can't guarantee their security and safety in the refinery. This is our simple call to the stakeholders that have been mandated to manage the refinery. Thank you. All right. So, Madam, tell us, uh, what time frame are you looking at uh, for the appointing authorities to effect the demand that you're making? With the immediate effect. We want them. Within this week and next week, the board shouldn't come here. We don't want them, especially the three names that have been mentioned, because Mr. Appenting is behind whatever is going on. It's not hearsay. It's something that we have witnessed. Because normally, personally, I don't like to say hearsay. We have witnessed his participation on whatever is going on. Appenting should be off the board. He was part of the previous board. The question is, what did he achieve for the previous board when he was on it? Mrs. Grant was part of the previous board. What did she do? Nothing. We don't even know the reason why they became part of this board. We are asking the president and the minister to make sure that those people are off the board. We do as soon as possible. They don't have any business here because they are here for their personal interest. The previous board, they didn't get anything. So they want to use this one to achieve something for their personal reason. That is not what we want. We want someone who has tall at heart, someone who wants to run tall. If they are not ready, they should not be here. They are not ready. But is that not the reason why Torrenko is coming? That's the reason why, because Mr. Painting is hiding behind Torrenko. When you mention Torrenko, you are referring to Michael Dacon. Who is Michael Dacon? Go, you can check his background. One person. So who is behind Michael Dacon? It's the board. Now, tour management don't know anything about this lease agreement that they said is out. They don't own it. This lease is owned by the board. And Torenko. And when we talk about the board, it's three people. Because the chairman will say, go ahead. So he's part of it. Tour management, you can go to any general manager and ask him what is in the list. And he can't tell you because she or he doesn't know. This is not hearsay. There's evidence. Why are they hiding the document? The MD, the current acting MD himself, doesn't have the lease agreement to speak to. We are asking... We don't have problem with the acting MD. The acting MD is our own. We know what he can do for us. We want the board because he will be influenced by the board. And with these people on the board, he cannot achieve his goal. So they brought him. But we, we know why they brought him. Because they sacked the previous MD because he didn't sign the lease agreement. He saw that there's something that will not benefit the company. He want the company interest, not their personal interest. So is it your position that you want the Torrent Code to go through? No. No, 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 no. no.
no. Because a company that has been changed his name for several times. What is it? What is it that they are not trying to come out with? First, it was DC Capital, Baybridge, then Torenko. Now, it's Chema Energy and Processing Illimited. It's the same people. The directors has not changed. So, so you want the uh, appointing want of the deal off the table. If the president is interested, we, the workers, are not interested. Right, so these have been the concerns of the uh, workers of Terma Oil Refinery. They are asking the appointing authorities to immediately dissolve the board. Otherwise, they will be taking further actions. Reporting from the tour here in Terma, my name is Carlos Caloni for Join News. Also, the concerns are growing as uh, the union says they would not back down uh, on their demands. It's time now to expand the conversation and look at uh, possibly uh, ways of probing this and also bringing uh, a resolution to the matter. Joining us via Zoom now is Dr. Yusif Suleiman. He's, he's an energy uh, policy strategist and also CEO of Eureka uh, Energy Solutions. Uh, also joining the conversation is uh, Jojo Kumsen. He's the local chairperson for uh, the Professional and Managerial Staff Union of the GTPC. Uh, w workers of Tor who are uh, on protest. We'll be hearing from more of them, uh, but Jojo, it's such a pleasure to have you in studio. Uh, we saw most of your uh, members there out in solidarity with you, the leadership, and your message is one. You want, first of all, transparency. Yes, please. And then the board must be dissolved. Yes. That's too extreme. Why not call for the solution, actually? No, there can't be a solution because they are determined, they are resolute, they have taken an entrenched position, they are micromanaging management. The day-to-day administration of the refinery has been hijacked by these board entities and they are dictating to the MD what he should do. But when you say that, what's the evidence? Because you would always be subjected uh, to The evidence are all around us. There are so many instances that there are decisions that had to be taken by management that the board had told them, don't do it until we give you clearance. Mm -hmm. These are not in the purview of the board. The board mandate is completely different from that of management. The board sought to own the management, for which reason our painting board manager has always been doing this. There are so many. Centio brought a proposal for tank arrangement. Right. They told the then MD Hinson not to proceed on it until his mandate was to notify the board so he can go out. The board says, no, you are not here to notify us. You are here to seek our uh, approval before you go ahead with it. And we're like, I mean, how? Okay, here's what we need to do. Because a lot of people listening to us now need to understand, you know, what the uh, possible impact of this arrangement is, just break this down for us. What's the arrangement? Why are we hearing of percentages, 40% to Torrentsco, to some other people? Just the breakdown of this arrangement that we have. This is simple. The board were mandated when they were being commissioned to seek for a strategic partner. They have been myopic and concentrated on one entity, Torrentsco. It has been metamorphosing its name, changing as and when issues are found with them, they change their name and they come out the same way. Now they are of the name Thema Energy and Processing Limited. Now not no, no longer Torrentco. Okay, right. Now, in, when they were incorporating this entity at the Registrar General, yes. they decided to um, diversify or broaden its share base. So Torrentco now owns 40% in this new entity. Mm-hmm. Card. Um, holdings owns 40% in this entity, mm-hmm. and then their cohort or surrogate in another union executive that have been championing their cause. They put the team together, create a new entity by name Tema 
Tor by name yes. Tor Workers Charity Trust. Okay. And gave them 20% of the um, new entity's shares. Meanwhile, they did not revert to the company. Nobody in the entity Tor knows of this. These were secret until we uncover it recently. Just like we've been making all attempts to get access to information that speaks to the transparency of the transaction that is ongoing. When we stumble on this, that 20% shares of this um, Thermal Energy and Processing Limited has been allocated to Tor Workers Charity Trust. But, but I'm sorry, an entity if, if that doesn't this exist. is a legal entity, why yeah. do you have a challenge with it? Which is a legal entity? The, the, the new trust that will be, will be allocated to the force. Legal entity that is shrouded with conflict of interest. But that's your opinion. Not it? my opinion. This right. is technical. This, okay, right. this, yes. this so, so come through with that. Okay, so you want to... You want Tor to be leased to you for yes, six years. Right. Now, Tor workers have been perusing the, your documentation and are raising issues concerning your credibility and your capacity. Now, you go behind as an investor, yeah. not recognizing the establishment Tor, and go back and lure workers and say that we are giving you 20%. Mm-hmm. This is after the obvious. You have not been leased the plant. You don't have it yet. But you are telling them that we are giving you 20%. But, but it's common business practice, isn't it? No, it's you not. Know, to, to try and engage so uh, be, let me, before let me, you're, you're giving the deal. You could only do this yes. when you are the majority shareholder. Right. You are floating your stock. Mm-hmm. You can give workers the now option to own the shares. Right. Now, if you are telling them before the obvious that mm-hmm. you are giving them 20% shares, invariably, mm-hmm. you are inducing them. You are, you are buying their conscience mm-hmm. so they cannot raise it. Now, when workers see money, right. they lose consciousness. No, the, the criticality of perusing your document will be defaulted because now they will not be critical again. They are going to look at their selfish interests and what is in it for the workers and not talk. As leaders of the group, is there any suspicion you have about the possible names behind this company or this trust, a reason for which you're doing what you're doing, except to say you can't put out names? What we are doing now is purely going through our mandate as executive. Yeah, but my question is direct. Do you suspect that there are some individuals within Tor or in government or wherever they might be who haven't yes, seen but, hands in what's yes, happening now? The board, the board itself yeah. now has been hijacked by two, three individuals. The board chairman, Mr. Domako, Mr. Pentin, and Mrs. Saparagrant. Now, what they are doing is that they double as, as, as surrogates to Torrentco. So everything that they do, they are one and the same. It's just that this group of people are in the board, and then this tor- and there are other actors fronting as Torrent Co. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the incorporation of these two entities, they were done on the same day. It could be coincidental, right. granted. Right. But they were done on the same day. Mm-hmm. And, and they hid it. This is board. They hid it from everybody. If it was born out of good intention and good purpose for the workers, what you do is that this is not a union matter. Right. This is um, a human resource issue. Exim, executive management had to look at the mer- merit of this uh, offer. Right. it down to the general manager HR, look at the modality across the w- workforce base. Right. And then you look at how you are going to structure this. Mm-hmm. This was not done. If it was good intention, this is the procedure that they must follow. But because it was born out of malice, and, and, and corrupt um, um, intentions. That's why they hid it from even general managers. The MD that, the sitting MD says that he came to meet it, he doesn't know how it was, it was constituted. Nobody in the refinery can speak to it but five people. 
who are now directors mm. and beneficiaries of this new incorporated entity. Okay, uh, let me hear from Dr. Yusuf Suleiman, who's also joining us uh, via Zoom. Uh, Doc, you're listening to the argument of the workers now. Is this something which is legitimate? Some say, well, it's part of the usual you know, concerns that workers will raise anytime these changes happen. What do you think? Yeah, <clears throat> thank you, uh, blessed, and, and good afternoon to you and your charity voice and my good friend in, in the, your studio there. Um, I'm just speechless, uh, 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 blessed, to just put it lightly. Um, I'm, so, I'm so disappointed uh, with what is happening in Tor now. I mean, we were looking at getting a strategic partner, you know, to partner with Tor. So when the name started springing up, if I went to Ronko, came up, in the, in, the initial, in the initial stages, I supported it. I said, whichever partner that is coming to be able to partner with Tor and to let the refinery run, the core business should come online. Let's say it, it should come on stream. The refinery should run. Fast forward, we saw a lot of development with respect to this uh, Toronto deal. And like what, the, uh, what it mentioned, the name keeps changing one way or the other. Now, granted that, even all that, I noticed that what is the problem here is transparency. Transparency has eluded them. I mean, you cannot do such a crucial deal and you cannot bring the workforce on board. That is bound to, that is bound to fail from the beginning. So um, I find it unfortunate because um, we, were, we were always championing the fact that Tor is key to our energy security, and that's a fact. That's undoubted. That's undoubted. That, 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 that cannot be contested. Right. But this is the case that the refinery, even itself within the workforce, there are issues. So what I would say is that, I mean, I, I, I in a way support what the, board, uh, uh, um, what the union member is saying, I mean, what the union leader is saying there. The, the, one of the major issues of the refinery is interference, both inside and ex- outside. And I always say that the outside interference, interference is the bulk of everything. See, if we want the refinery to run and run efficiently, then we have to be able to ensure that we appoint a managing director who will work closely with the refinery, with the refinery worker, seamlessly. But this is not the case. This is a case that the board is directly moving in one direction, and then the workforce is moving in another direction. And what we understand is that just few of the workforce is, in, I mean, supporting the board, the board or whatever, and, and, and carrying out these activities. And that's so unfortunate. So until... If the government has very good intention for the refinery, it is simple. Appoint a credible leader. Let the leader make sure that you give the leader key deliverables, key deliverables, key Mm -hmm. guys Mm -hmm. that I want to achieve. And and, and one KPI that I always say is that let the refinery run. That's the only measure. If the refinery cannot run and all this is happening, then I I, I find it very unfortunate. We are talking about something, a deal that has not even come to fruition. The refinery has not run. Now people are fighting over shares. That is, that, is not, that is not acceptable. Our core business should be to ensure that the refinery runs. Now, this deal, that now that it is enshrouded with a lot of uncertainties and this uh, opacity, then I will directly call on the government to ensure that if they want Toronto to work and work well, they should bring the workforce on board. Whatever hidden details that are there, see, even if you don't have anything to hide, and you... And I mean, if, 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 if you don't have anything to hide yet, you are not so transparent in whatever dealings that we have. You are bound to have problems, and that's what is mm. happening. So I think it's unfortunate, and the high time they unravel that, 
the better. The interference has to stop and stop for good. Okay, gentlemen, just uh, hold on for me because we've been getting some reaction um, to these concerns uh, from the chairman of the Senior Staff Association uh, of TOR who's describing the concerns of the aggrieved uh, senior staff uh, as baseless. Well, he's been speaking to my colleague uh, Carlos Caloni earlier today. Just listen fund without involving the junior staff association okay carlos thank you so much i have not done anything as such it is the partners that incorporated a trust fund for workers and this trust fund is coming because they are looking at giving their own share this has nothing to do with all it has nothing to do with the board and if their partnership is approved, they are saying that they will want to use 20% of their shares to develop a trust fund for all workers. The brain behind this is that they feel if workers have a sense of ownership, if there are certain things that are not going on in the, at any point in time, workers will volunteer information so that at least we can be able to stop any other issues that is affecting the company's profitability. In that sense, if you know that if we stop it and the profit increase, then the trust fund will yield more and then you will also be able to benefit. So that is the essence. And so the, 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 the partners formed it. The, the rank and file is represented on it. The manager's class is on it. The, 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 that the senior staff category, which has the certificate, the reps on it. The junior staff, the rep is on it. So is the board. And it's a part of the registration process. This has nothing to do with the tour management or even the board. So let's get a clarity. It is until the torrent code deal goes through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Until the torrent code deal goes through, mm-hmm. the, the, the trust fund does not even exist. Okay? The trust fund does not exist. And this is a trust fund for all workers. And it's going to be managed by workers. And the board will be engaging workers as to what projects that the trust fund should be applied towards. And then when it is agreed and voted by majority, then that decision becomes a mandate on the board. And okay, uh, so the position of the senior staff said, just hold on, let this be ready, and then we can talk. It's in your interest. Okay, so it's, it's very interesting. Um, he, he, he's <laughs> You're surprised at what he's saying? Because who did the partner speak to? All the issues that he's outlining... Mm-hmm. Who did the partner communicated this to? Is it management? Is it, did they hold workers there back? This are are been... you telling me that as a leading member of this uh, worker union, you have not been engaged? I am a researcher. Send any of your reporters mm-hmm. to the refinery. Yeah. Let them randomly mm-hmm. ask any worker yeah. whether they have ever heard mm-hmm. of Tor Workers Charity Trust in the plant. That's not my question. Have you been engaged no. about the possibility and the benefits that will come with this? It is, it is, we are hearing for the first time from him. He is a worker in the refinery. Mm-hmm. We are hearing it for the very first time, mm-hmm. this detail yes. from him. Mm-hmm. How did he get it? He's a worker. Who spoke to him? Is it the board or the partner? On what forum? Which platform? These are the questions that he should be answering. Mm-hmm. We have been saying from day one that he and his cohort have been compromised long time. Having meetings here and there with partners, that's not our locals. As a union executive, you don't deal with partners. Mm. You will be compromised. You stand in the middle because your interest is the health of the refinery and not partners. Okay, uh, the, the likelihood is that if all these things do not go well at all, will be affected. And it's part of the long trajectory that the organization has always had. 
malfunctioning everywhere. Uh, and of course, uh, the belief is we want it to work again. What's the next line of action for, 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 for your group? You have the opportunity to petition the Attorney General. Uh, you have the opportunity to engage the Office of the Special Prosecutor. Yoko is there. What do you intend to do? We are going to exhaust every avenue because we have all the documentation regarding Torrentco and their names that they keep changing. The due diligence report that was done about them says they don't have the capacity. They don't have the credibility. Now, you cannot have, you might not have this, but you might have other entities that support you with this capacity and credibility. They have not produced one. The PPP has asked them. The PPA directed them to go to PPP at Ministry of Finance. Right. As I speak to you now, mm-hmm. they have not stepped there. Five, six months down the line. They are wasting our time by changing names. It's not, it's not important. The real crux of the issue is at PPP. To carry all their documents and go there and justify whether they have what it takes. They have the licenses. They have the technical capacity. If you don't have it, it's accepted. Who are you relying on? Who is your backbone regarding your financial strength mm-hmm. or capacity and your technical capacity? Provide that. That's all the simple questions we ask. You, you are not are you going home? Come again. You fear your members might be going home. Not going home. Our members are highly skilled. They are highly sought after. Right. Those who have remained in the refinery, Mm -hmm. I can tell you how many, more than 80 people have left the refinery this year alone. Really? So we are highly sought after our skills. And so that's not the issue. The only few people that are around is because of their passion and what they know. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard the argument. The fact that you're scared you might lose your job. No, no. A reason for which you are all out already. No. Our, our fear mm-hmm. is that if we are not very careful, certain individuals might take hostage of the refinery to their personal gain. When we go as leaders and sleep and not act, they thought that I could have done A, B, C, D, knowing the data in front of me that I didn't do mm-hmm. and allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not me. Refinery belongs to the entire country. It has economic repercussions to the economic state of the state. Yeah. And so tomorrow's generation is why we are doing this, not for ourselves. Mm. So that the refinery that I came to meet, that has been in existence from 1963, yeah. will be there for other generations to come and meet and, and apply their trade. Okay, uh, Dr. Yusuf Suleiman, the, the point about policy, where do we go from here? What would you expect from government immediately? Yeah, so uh, it's straightforward. Uh, it's pretty simple. Um, if you look at uh, what is happening now, I mean, it's, just, it's, 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 not, very, it's not very surprising. Um, we have a refinery that is there, and for the last five years, they have changed more than five managing directors, yet the refinery is not running. So it tells me that it's a playground for uh, what includes some business moguls or mafias or whatever. When the refinery is not running, why do you have to be? Why do you have to keep changing the managing directors like that? That is not acceptable. So that's the that's the core of these issues. See, if you have a robust management in place with what I what I spoke to you, I mean what I spoke earlier on, I mean with key deliverable handed down to the management and give them target to achieve within a time frame. All this will not resolve. But if we have porous management structure, porous man, I mean management structure that is currently existing, it, they keep changing, I mean up and down, that is not acceptable. So going forward, what I would urge the government to do, they should, if they want their finance to run, two things, they should minimize interference as much as possible. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, even if you appoint board, give them KPIs. If they are not able to deliver that, kick them off and get people who can do the job. The there's, the question, there's the question about, okay, you just land on the second factor you'd want us to consider, then I'll come through with that question. 
Yeah, so the second factor is efficiency, mm-hmm. and I think it's linked to the first factor. Yeah. Indeed, we do have inherent inefficiencies in the refinery that cannot be taken. And you can clearly see that this will... One union member talking one thing, and another union talking. Refining itself, they have to be cohesive in terms of their leadership style. This is the first that, I mean, they have broken through their ranks. And that's, that's one of the big issues. Mm-hmm. But I think all this is the result of the external weight that is falling on the refinery. So if I, I believe that if the external interference is curtailed right. and a robust management is put in place, all this, all this thing will be the thing of the past. The but central, I think if the government is... Yeah, the central the matter one, we're unable to, you know, we can't exhaust now, but we need to look at before we end uh, the show for today on this matter, is the, the company involved, the name we're hearing about, Torrentco, now it's uh, Torrentco Trust. No, now it's Tema Energy and Processing Limited. Yeah. That name. I want you to take your, your thoughts as well on that. Yeah, so this all boils down on the, uh, on the credibility. For me, I wouldn't even have any issues. I checked the, I checked the documents, and mm-hmm. it was registered just uh, as, as, as in, in August 2023. I mean, this is not how we do business. Blessed. Even granted that it is recently registered or whatever, I mean we have to we have to be ensured that we have credibility. Where is the credibility line down here? What is your track record? That is crucial. And I think all this is coming because of the fact that we have limited ourselves to one entity that without Toronto, this deal will not go through. I, I, I don't have anything against Toronto, but my understanding is that we had other entities who were on board. I heard about legacy capital. I heard about another entity, Falcon or whatever. There were three entities who were on board. Why don't you compare these three entities and get the best out of that? It's not done. So I think all this, all this issue that is popping up is because we have decided to focus on one direction. And so if without that, without that company, maybe the company, I mean, Tor cannot run. That is, that, that, that is not think. acceptable. And that's the reason why we are where we are now. So going forward, um, if they want Toronto to come and work for Tor, then transparency should be the lead way. Mm. If we don't have transparency with respect to Toronto deals, and very important thing, if whatever concerns that the workforce are putting on the table, it has to be addressed. That is very important. The board has to take interest in that. The government of Ghana has to take interest in that. We can't simply sit down and fold our arms and think that, I mean, uh, the refinery workers are fighting among themselves. No, that cannot be. The government has to take responsibility. And the responsibility I expect here is that if Toronto is to be the, 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 the scorecard or the main player here, then transparency shouldn't mm. elude them. Okay. They should inform the workers in every step that they take mm-hmm. so that, I mean, workers should be satisfied in whatever is going on. But I think that is not done, and that's, that's so worrisome, uh, blessed. Okay. Uh, interesting days ahead, but uh, I want to thank you for spending some time with us, uh, Dr. Yusuf Suleiman. Uh, he's an energy uh, strategies, policy strategies, and also uh, the CEO uh, for Eureka um, Energy Solutions. Um, let, let's uh, wrap up with you. Uh, Mr. Kumsen, the point about the way forward and what your final appeal would be. We're pleading with the government. There are more competent people who are in the party for which they pick um, board members. We need matured, competent people who understand what it takes to be a board member and not because they belong to a political party. That could be the first criteria, right. but there, could be, there should be follow-up criteria that, that make sure that you go and you perform. That is what we are calling immediate dissolution of this board, because these two actors were in the previous board that were scandalous, and then with the incompetency for which they dropped them. 
for strange reason why they brought these two same individuals here is what we are try, uh, struggling to deal with. We want the complete dissolution of this board. Right. Competency must be seen. People who understand what it takes to be a board member and not to just micromanage management. There should be a clear cut. Let the board do their policy job as board right. and allow management to function as management. One. Two, there should be sanity in the refinery. There should be control in the refinery so that you cannot do as and when you wish because you have the support from some board members. This is a simple thing that we have put on the table. Thank you. Grateful, uh, Jojo Kumsen, for uh, speaking to us uh, here on The Pulse and we'll definitely uh, be keeping our eyes on that and bring you some updates. But it's time now to talk football. Uh, protesters uh, in Accra have uh, actually presented a petition to the Ministry of Youth and Sports this afternoon, hoping to stop the impending Ghana Football Association elections uh, scheduled for tomorrow and clad in red and black and also holding some of the placards and uh, highlighting uh, instances they believe have contributed uh, to the regression or retrogression of uh, Ghana football, a group known as the Ghana Football Stakeholders Forum led a demonstration uh, from the Ako uh, J interchange here in Accra uh, through Ringway, uh, moved uh, through uh, past the site of the National Cathedral to, uh, through to the Accra Sports Stadium and finally uh, ended up at the Ministry of Youth and Sports. Uh, Joyce uh, Sports Editor Gary Al Smith has been there, captured all the moments and comes through with his report. We are now near the Snit's guest house at the Rescue GFA demo, uh, which seeks to draw attention to what they believe are the manipulations they say at the Ghana Football Association. They believe that the system is not working in a football way. And this is one of the conveners who will speak to us now. Thank you for joining us on Join You, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Right. This your full name? Samuel Abua, but they, uh, they, they popularly call me Parkwisi. Parkwisi. Samuel Abua. Um, for those in the football circles, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a well-known person. But for the rest of you as well, today... He, together with some of his colleagues, so can you give us the names, first of all, to establish who are the conveners of, of this demonstration? Yourself and... Myself, Nana Mankwakwache, Charles Kojon team, couple known as Mickey Chas. We are the main people confronting this issue. Why, in your own words, is this, or has this become necessary? Yeah, this has become necessary because a whole lot is going on in, in, our, in our football, and I think that this is, a, this is the best time to tell the world what is happening. Most of the times, we show most of the things within our circles, and Kedokreku uh, has taken advantage of that situation. That's more reason why this time around, we have come, come out to uh, demonstrate to the people of Ghana and the world to know what is actually happening in our football. Okay. Are there any specific instances of some of these manipulations that you would want to highlight for you know for people especially not in the football circles to understand first of all you gary just look at our disciplinary issues a lot has come out if you are not in the good, good books of ketokroku there's no regardless of the, how good your case is there's no way you will win the case at disciplinary committee when you go to appeal it will happen same and ketokroku is running football as if he's running dream safe and that is his own club. His own club, and I, and some of us think that is not the right way. There should be a there should be justice. There should be a, a open playing ground for all of us because we all pay affiliation fees. So we don't see the reason why you should treat other clubs like 
they are, they, are, they are not part of that situation. That's one reason why we are out today. Ketokreku is very vindictive. Very, very vindictive. Look at the teams that has collapsed. Look at uh, Fire Rangers. Look at Amedaios. Look at Brekum, Brekum Asnas. Look at my, my own team, Secondary Azakes. Look at the Chiman City. And you, you realize that anybody who is vocal on our issues, Ketokreku makes sure your, your team is, go, is gone down. That's more reason why we want to put stop to some of these things. Lots of people are joined. I see the man they call the one-man supporter, the legendary one-man supporter. Good morning and welcome to Join News. This is local... <laughs> Rama supporter is basically saying that if they don't let people know about what they perceive to be problems, tomorrow they will be accused of not highlighting the issues and that's why they are here they want to highlight the issues for the sake of posterity and for history purposes as well now you might know this face you might know this face everybody, everybody knows this. Yeah, you might you might know this face if if you've been in the gospel scene for a while you might know the tune tabita kum that is the man himself this your, your please what's your official name my official name is Nicholas Omanie Champo. Nicholas Omanie Champo. There is a name that they used to call you. Zafanat Pania. Zafanat Pania. Edini who? I have many names anyway. He has a man with many names. But Sanka, Anka, where do you Sanka? Your gospel? This is not gospel. Why are you here? Haven't you heard that Ghana is Christian country? Ghana is gospel nation. Haven't you heard of that? We have heard. Good. You see, the way a manner. Football, especially, is being run in this country. It's not good. Things are not going on well at all. Because look at the elections that is coming on, that is scheduled to be coming on tomorrow. Yeah. Agitations are so much. Troubles, problems, complaints, and what have you. You understand? But I know that before... This, before the commencement of this you know, elections campaign, when the aspirants started their campaign, you and I know very well that the FA boss, that's Mr. Ketokreku, wanted to go unopposed. I hope you know about that. How come? That at the time that football is you know, down, at the time that we don't have anything to boast in football in football and the, the and the boss of the FA want to go on on a post so your your reason is that, reason is that yeah. at the end of the day when 
when people wanted to, you know, contest him, the most person that is uh, that man, what is the name of um, Mr. George Fille? George Fille was disqualified. Yeah. Based on the fact that we don't really, you know, get it. Sure. So we are demonstrating to the whole world and especially this country. The leaders must wake up. Sure. Otherwise. Our brother Ketokreku is taking FA as his personal business, and we disagree with that. Sure. They should allow whoever is ready to contest him. Well, except of uh, what transpired today, but the conversation is on, uh, mainly asking for the GFA election to be put on hold. Let's get more from uh, Muftar Nabila Abdullah, who's joining us, uh, joining uh, uh, sports uh, journalists, also looking at all of the issues that have come up. Uh, let, let's talk about the race itself, the election that they want put on hold. Uh, the point about what happens if this election is indeed uh, placed on hold. The argument is that you have only Keto Kriku passed for now to stand the elections. If you put it- Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You're not changing anything. You're changing a lot of things. You're changing uh, many things based on the fact that um, George Fouye is in yeah. court. Um, in fact, he's gone to the Accra High Court Human Rights Division. He says that his human rights have been violated right. by the Elections Committee and the Appeals Committee of the Ghana Football Association. Right. He's also gone to the Court of Arbitration for Sport to appeal the decision of the Elections Committee to disqualify him from the elections. Mm-hmm. So if you proceed to organize the elections, mm-hmm. and should it happen that... These legal bodies decide that indeed Georgia Freer was unfairly disqualified. It means that the Ghana Football Association would have to organize the, F, uh, the elections all over again. Right. And that's going to be um, another cost to the Ghana Football Association. Let's break this down. The um, individuals jostling for the position of the GFA presidency. We have Keto Kriku, a name we've heard before. George Free is also not, no, not new to this game. Yeah. Uh, but for, for our viewers, those who may not be conversant with the faces, the names involved, just break down the potential of these two individuals going, uh, who are jostling for the race, actually. Okay, so um, if you take it, let me start with the Georgia yeah. Freer. Georgia Freer, he's been part of the Ghana football politics since 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was after he moved from uh, Gamba All Blacks. Uh, he contested for the position of the executive committee of the Ghana Football Association when they changed the statutes in 2005. And... Um, he served in this capacity yeah. until he was roped into the emergency committee. So prior to the 2019 GFA elections, the statutes were in a way that we had the larger executive committee mm-hmm. and there was the emergency committee. The emergency committee were just five members, which is the president plus four other people. So George Afri was part of the emergency committee of the Ghana Football Association. So uh, in 2015, mm-hmm. he was made the vice president of right. the GFA by Kwesinia Ntechi after the GFA again decided to change their status. And uh, the argument then was yes. that at FIFA and CAF, you, you, you have the president who is able to determine who becomes his vice president. He wants to work with someone he's very comfortable, oh, right. uh, comfortable with. Right. So when that happened, George Afri became the uh, vice president of Kwesinia Ntechi. Right. 
But in April 2018, mm-hmm. George Afriyo was removed from this role uh, following a plethora of allegations that he was uh, backstabbing his boss. And part of the reason also is that he had wanted to be president. Yeah, he, he, and, and this is actually something that he actually wanted. But one of the things that um, I spoke to people close to yes. George Afriyo and even to Christian Yentichi uh, on, on all Himself, these yes, things. Right. And one of the things I, I got was the fact that George Afriyo felt that Christian Yentichi had said three separate times that he was not going to contest the GFA presidency again. But then he violated that. Well, uh, they will tell you that it's only a fool who is not going <laughs> okay. to his mind. And then comes number 12, right? Yes, there comes number 12. Number 12 uh, right, we created have a leeway for, for, uh, for everyone to mm-hmm. vie for the position of yeah. the president because it became very va- uh, vacant. Yeah. So um, when they contested the elections, uh, Keto Kriku won. But uh, we should also understand that Keto Kriku is not new to Ghana football. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with... Uh, and that's the man on our screen. Yes, now. He's, yes. The, he's the man on our screen. And this was the <laughs> 2019 see. GFA elections. Yeah, I, see. I remember uh, during his days with Wasaman United, mm-hmm. he's also worked as uh, administrative manager of the Ghana League Clubs Association, which is the welfare body for League Clubs. Then came Jim's FC, where he served as the executive chairman of the club until he was voted president. This is a club he holds 33.3% shares of. There are three really? of them. Yes, there are three of them. Uh, Keto Kriku, uh, who is now president of the Ghana Football Association. Yes. There's Mohamed Gigi Alifo, mm-hmm. who is the president. And there's uh, Prince Hamid, who is the vice president. So all these three people... They all hold 33.3% shares of Dreams FC. Mm. So when Kato Kriku became GFA president uh, in 2015, he decided to contest for the position of executive council of the Ghana Football Association, and overwhelmingly he won. So he had about 43 of the votes going his way to become oh. executive council member of the GFA in 2015. Mm-hmm. So uh, he served as the chairman of the MTN FA Cup co- uh, Committee because this is a competition that had gone into a hiatus for a very long time. And when he came into office as chairman of that committee, I think he did incredibly well uh, in that position. Yes, he organized the 2015 final Mm -hmm. in in Takrade, secondly, Esipon Stadium, where people were questioning why are you taking Mediama SC and Asante Kotoko to a neutral venue to play the FA Cup final. But it was... Massive. I covered that final. I covered the 2016 final, which took place in uh, Cape Coast. Bechim United versus uh, uh, Okoa United. I was there. Then in 2017, they organized the Amixable, which was in Tamale. Yeah. And then a great grand finale between Haas and Asante Kotoko. And then she uh, um, said, there until the number 12 happened. Fans, so in 2018, yes, we were not yes, able exactly. to organize mm-hmm. the, uh, the FA Cup yes. because mm-hmm. of number 12 and all that. Mm-hmm. So when the number 12 happened, he was able to lobby his way. He had delegates voting for him to become GFA president. So, yeah. The question about what is changing now, uh, and I'm just looking at the protests we saw uh, a while ago, scores of individuals, uh, and not, not just um, footballers or people yeah. in the football space, you even have musicians joining this demonstration that uh, we're seeing today. Uh, they have at rescue the GFA, the more standing up for your rights and so many issues. What has Ket done wrong? I, I guess that's the question on the minds of everyone. I, I think what Ket has done wrong is dependent on who feels impacted by his decisions at the Ghana Football Association. Yeah. So one thing I can say for sure is that there are many people within the football family who mm-hmm. feel that Ket Okreku his leadership of Ghana football has been quite divisive. Uh, they feel that as president of the Ghana Football Association, you've got a responsibility to bring everyone under one umbrella, which is the Ghana football. But could this not be an after effect of the number twelve? The fact that you still have the Nyantachi side on against the others who feel that you know something ought to change. So, if anything of that sort happened, 
You know, when you're going for elections, right, everyone has got a message, and everyone would try to paint his opponent black yeah. so that he wins. And if these things happen, which many people actually felt that there was bad blood along the line, when the, after you won the elections, what do you do? You need to bring everyone under one umbrella and let them understand that we're all fighting for the better of Ghana football. I've been given the mandate by the people. I need your support to get it done. Yeah. If you bring them to the table and they do not come, mm -hmm. that is where you can say, that, okay, you brought them on, but they said they were not going to do it. But you grant an interview and you say, you cannot win an election and work with your enemies. Yeah. And in fact, I had interviewed him in 2019, yes. where he said something which was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. He told me that if you work with your enemy... <laughs> Your enemy could be the person who would give you the best advice I see. on what you, you have, have to, to do. do. But when he won the elections, he said you cannot win an election and work with your enemy. Wow, so I people see. within the football family... <laughs> it's it's actually, just a, a yeah, there's, there's you know, experiencing first yeah. and what leadership brings, yeah, brings exactly. on the table. So maybe we actually feel that Keto Kriku mm. has not been able... And in fact, there are people who also feel that yeah. uh, many of the committees at the Ghana Football Association are not as independent as they mm. claim they are, mm. where they feel... In fact... I've had about 30 clubs actually complaining to me about injustice they've suffered yeah. under the leadership of Keto Kriku within four years. If as many as 30 members of the GFA are complaining to generally, and I'm not sure I'm the only person they are complaining to. They've complained to many people. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that is actually a big issue. Th this was a time, of course, he had the opportunity to vote uh, ostensibly for himself. Yes. He's going and he's up for that election again. What are the chances for Keto Kriku this time, right? Oh, but, but this, he's, going, he's going on the post, so there's, <laughs> nothing, there's, there's no chances to talk about. I only think that the decision to proceed to Tamale to organize the elections, despite threats of injunctions on the GFA elections, I think if, in fact, I heard something explained uh, the last time they, they, they were here to talk about uh, Occupy the Jilobi House mm. uh, protest. Yeah. He said that. Um, if the uh, notice of an injunction is not properly filed, yeah. that one, you, you have a case to proceed. But if you are properly filed, and he will never advise his client to proceed yeah. when your, your opponent feels that something is happening and that you've been fully said... Because you need to be cautious. cautious. Yeah. You need to be very cautious. Yeah. He will not advise his yeah. client to do that. But I think from where... The Ghana Football Association says maybe their lawyers have told them yeah. proceed and organize the elections. Yeah. After October 25, yeah. there's the likelihood that the GFA presidency and other executive council positions are going to be vacant mm. because your tenure is going to end on October 25. So if by October 25, the court processes do not end, it means that Kent O'Quick cannot hold himself as president of the Ghana Football Association, mm. and the executive council members cannot also hold themselves. And that may be a challenge. Also that may be a challenge. Yeah. So... Proceed. Mm -hmm. Go organize the elections. Let's fight the other issues in, in after. Court. So once you're done, once we'll you're done, what we, happens? We'll, we'll I was asking about it. the chances of Ket uh, simply because of the requirements constitutionally, uh, what, what the FA says about the number of votes needed to secure, first of all, the position, and how you, many years this you, will be given Ket. You need 50 plus uh, yeah. one. Okay, 50 plus one, then you're done. Yeah, you're From done. all the football leagues? 124 20. delegates. That's the electoral college. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's the electoral college of the FA. 124 delegates yes. are assembling mm -hmm. to vote. I know many, many members have told me they will not go for that election right. because they feel that most of the protesters you saw here, they are not going yeah, to not. vote because they feel that uh, their GFA system has been skewed in favor but of... But that will still give them another term. 
Yeah, it's been for how many years? Four years. Four years. So. It hasn't changed anything. And maybe if George Afriye wins his appeal at CAS, because it is only the Court of Arbitration for Sport, mm-hmm. that can order the Ghana Football Association to organize the elections again. That is if George Afriye well. is successful. But if George Afriye is not, uh, we need to... Uh, a classical case of uh, four more to do more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to do what, yeah. exactly, is the question now uh, for Keto Kriko. Keto feels that Ghana Football is in safe hands mm-hmm. when he is in charge. Yeah. And, and sometimes you would have to agree with him. We came on the back of a very difficult period where the image of Ghana football was in tatters. It yeah. was maimed. Number 12 actually sent a very bad signal mm-hmm. about, about Ghana, football. Ghana football. And in fact, I actually believe the Keto Kweku leadership is still reeling from the impact of number 12. Because when you go to corporate institutions seeking for sponsorship, they will tell you, how credible is your product? Yeah, yeah. But I think that if he's been able to work within the last three, four years, and he's been able to even convince some people to come and put money into Ghana football, yeah. then he's done something. He has MTN giving him about $2 million for a World Cup. Yeah. Many, as many as 19 sponsors since he came. The, the fact is, do they have money? The last time I went through their accounts, their accounts yeah. I realized that they had about 14 million Ghana citizens. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And before he came Ooh, to that office, the GFA, they were suffering. So yeah. I think that people can say that would catch a critical yeah. But the other issues where they claim that he's not working in the interest of football, no, uh, yeah. he surrounded himself with family and friends, <laughs> and he told them, I cannot win an election, come on, work with my enemies. <laughs> I think those are the only areas I yeah. feel I agree for him. And uh, if he's able to... Uh, reposition himself and let him so, uh, let people understand that we are all here for the betterment of Ghana mm-hmm. football. Mm-hmm. Come and support me to build the brand Ghana football, mm-hmm. and you will be a chief. Okay, uh, uh, we need to go move down uh, the the venue for the election. And it's happening in Tamale. Right. Uh, uh, it's, um, I've forgotten the name of this hotel. That is what happened. But we have our colleague there, uh, right. Musbar. He'll Indeed. be there. He'll be giving us loads of details yeah. of what is going to be happening on the grounds. Uh, and you should always expect uh, the Joy Sports team to bring us the very best of the coverage, which is happening. Uh, in just about 48 yeah. or 24 hours? Uh, just about 24 hours. I'm too, too tomorrow. Charge into October. Get your Brewers postseason tickets now. Secure your spot and prepare to unleash chaos. Make mayhem and watch stars come to life in the spotlight of postseason baseball. The Brewers moments you live for are coming. Make sure you don't miss a single pivotal pitch or season-changing home run. Get your Brewers postseason tickets now at brewers.com slash postseason. At this time, we'll have the president. Yeah, we'll have a new president. <laughs> Maybe the old one. No, we'll have the old president. It's not a post, so he's just going to Probably. continue. Yeah. Thank you, Muftal, uh, Thank for, you for joining us with the latest on this. And thanks for staying with us uh, here on the Pulse on the Join News Channel. When we get back, President Akufuado has been uh, speaking about democracy. He believes that democracy is on the decline in Africa. But what do we need to do to... You know, sustain the games we've made over the years. We'll tell you what. The stage is set for Africa's most prestigious awards event. Join us to celebrate the men of the year at the 8th EMY Africa Awards on Saturday, the 14th of October at the Grand Arena, Accra International Conference Center. Red carpet starts at 6 p.m. Our partners include the Diaspora Affairs Office of the President of Ghana, the Multimedia Group, EY Ghana, Rhythms Africa, and the Labadi Beach 
Hotel are sponsored. The NLA 590 Mobile, Arrocha Gara, Go Energy, Flora Tissues, Houdin, Baguette Gara, DVO Gara and Special Ice Water. Supported by Media Partners, Joy FM, Joy Prime TV and Adum TV. For more information, call 020-201-8870. The 8th EMY Africa Awards. Inspiring greatness. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need job better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the app store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. Daddy, daddy, this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface like it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S. I-N-T-E-X Syntax That is so true, my daughter When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true But why? Hey! Syntax was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana Syntax again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana Syntex gives you the biggest warranty, seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Alfred. Silver iodide. You are right. Mark your calendars, set reminders, and get ready for the academic showdown of the year. The 2023 National Science and Mass Quiz. It's time for the brightest young minds in Ghana to battle it out for academic supremacy. Expect mind-bending equations, heart-pounding moments, and nail-biting suspense as the best schools go head-to-head. Who will emerge the ultimate champions and claim the prestigious trophy? Catch the action on TV, radio, and online starting 6th to 24th October 2023. The 2023 National Science and Mass Quiz is produced by Primetime Limited and sponsored by the Ghana Education Service in partnership with Goyo PLC and supported by AT, Airtel Tigo, Prudential Life Insurance Ghana, Pepsodent, Better Malt, APSA, Accra College of Medicine, Academic City University College, Coronation Insurance, Garnet, Cowbell, Bellacqua, GTP, and YFM. The broadcast of the National Science
and mass craze on Joy News and Joy Prime is supported by Vitamilk, German Ozone Medical Center, Virtual Security Africa, Royal Four, Ace Medical Insurance, Chop Box Technologies, Syntex Tanks, Build Financial Technologies, and Family Health University College. President Akufado is warning democracy is on the decline in Africa and in particular with the West Africa sub-region. This uh, is part uh, of uh, the reasons for which the president uh, says that the world has witnessed an increase in the number of some coup d'etats that we've witnessed in the sub-region. The latest being the Niger situation where ECOWAS is contemplating some military action. While speaking at the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Parliamentary Conference uh, underway here in Accra, President Akufando warned that if all do not rise against the development, more of such coups will happen. Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kukwa Santi was there in our report. There's been at least four military takeovers in the last few years in the West Africa sub-region. ECOWAS is currently studying a roadmap to militarily intervene in Niger to restore constitutional order. President Ekufado is alarmed. The trend is on the rise. Constitutional changes in government in parts of Africa, especially in West Africa, through a series of coup d'etats and military interventions in governments, which testify to democratic regression. It is in the interest of democratic growth that this development is reserved, reversed as soon as possible. And in order so to do, that we give maximum support to ECOWAS, the regional body of West Africa, and the African Union, Africa's continental organization, in their efforts to restore democratic institutions in the affected nations of Mali, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Niger, and Gabon. He's been assuring the international community that Ghana will not renege on its commitment to constitutional governance. The Commonwealth Parliamentary Association, indeed, the Commonwealth itself, should join ECOWAS and the African Union in demanding the immediate unconditional release from unjustifiable detention of the democratically elected president of the Republic of Niger, His Excellency Mohamed Bazoum. Democracy and the stability that generally accompanies democratic governance are essential for the future prosperity of the African continent. Ghana has remained steadfast in her commitment to upholding the values outlined in the Commonwealth Charter. The Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagben, however, believes democratically elected governments sometimes contribute to their own removal. This year, we celebrate 30 years of stable parliamentary democracy. Ours is a stable democracy in a sub-region that has in recent times developed a notoriety for reversing and backsliding 
on its democratic journey. Parliaments in the sub-region and in Africa in particular must try to understand the reasons for the loss of trust and confidence in the leadership of democratic processes and institutions that has characterized the recent spate of disruptions of constitutional order and constitutionalism in the continent. But it's important for us to note that these disruptions are always started by the civilian regimes themselves. They are those who go against the dictates of their own constitution and the mandate of the people and invite others to take over. We should be able to pick the signals, should there be any, and to steer our democracies away from such incidents in future. In related matters, meanwhile, President Ekufuado has been reiterating his demand for a reform of international institutions and demand for reparation for slave trade. The reform of the institutions of global governance, particularly the United Nations and its Security Council, to make them more representative and reflective of contemporary realities. And secondly, the agreement of the European nations who sponsored the barbaric and inhuman transatlantic slave trade, the payment of compensation and reparations to the descendants of the victims of this horrific experience, especially as a especially as the slave owners, unlike the slaves, were compensated when the trade was abolished. The Commonwealth Parliamentary Conference will conclude on Friday in Accra and is the first time Ghana is hosting the conference. It has brought together MPs and speakers from all Commonwealth countries. The conference will deliberate on matters to do with strengthening parliamentary oversight, among other key details. For Joy News, Kwekua Sante, Conference Centre, Accra. Also, the uh, debate is uh, on as to uh, what this uh, group of uh, parliamentary representatives would have to do to strengthen uh, the network and building a core that will sustain the trajectory of democratic governance across the sub-region and also uh, the African continent. Joining me now is uh, Richard Komado, a security consultant, uh, of course, uh, spending some time with us to look at the statements of the president. Richard, the president indicating there that if nothing is done, if we all don't rise, more coups might be happening in the coming days. Is he speaking based on intelligence, perhaps? Now, I think I think I would rather prefer what the Speaker of Parliament said as compared to what the President said. Remember, the President was just the previous ECOWAS chairman. During his term, there were two coup d'etats in Burkina Faso and two coup d'etats in Mali. Uh, the new one had a first test of Niger. The President also had a privilege of witnessing the coup d'etat in Guinea. If that is not a leadership failure, then we don't know what it takes. It might be interesting to ask the president, even in the West Africa regime, how many of these leaders were brought to power through the voting process, which is one key area of democracy? How many of them have extended their reign in office by extending the democratic rules that brought in the constitution? How many of these leaders uh, brought in instances and issues that were up front to the Constitution. 
were the causes for the coup d'etat? Have they been able to find a clue why those coup d'etat occurred? I think most of the things he said were very reactive and they were not responding to the many things that led to the coup d'etat. If you just oppose that to what the Speaker of Parliament said, you can't really understand that it was the doings of some of these leaders who have been elected politically, democratically, who went against the Constitution that invited some other people to come in. Why do we say that? In the case of Gabon, it wasn't a coup d'etat. It was a military takeover. In the case of Niger, it wasn't a coup d'etat. It was a military takeover. And it's important to distinguish the rule of what it meant by being a coup d'etat and what it is when the military has taken over. And what you have now are representatives of various parliaments across not just Africa, but the Commonwealth. This is a very opportune moment to send that message across um, to the political class, especially those on the African continent. What type of engagements would you want to see uh, taking place at this very crucial conference where many are gathered, potentially persons who have some level of control to stabilize the region? Now, I think one of the things the African Union must do quickly going forward is to establish a standby uh, unit, not a military unit, but a standby unit where they have people who really understand the changing times in democracy, people who really understand geopolitics and how it affects the dynamics of leadership in Africa, people who will really put themselves at the forefront to engage political leaders in the Africa region. That is to say that if we do not do things properly, which are enshrined in the constitutions we set for ourselves, and govern the people by those democratic uh, tendencies, then there is also the risk of others taking arms against us. And blessed, it will be interesting to know that it's not just the militaries who cause coup d'etat in Africa, the politicians who brought to power by their actions have created scenarios that were affront to the constitutions, and that is also a coup d'etat. One of the other things they must do is to have those frank discussions among themselves and to look around Africa in general, ask themselves, the 54 countries in Africa, which of these ones were having difficulties that may lead to a coup d'etat, and that could be a critical sign of a red flag, and work themselves across it so that they were able to affect it even before the coup d'etat occurs. And a typical example is the Guinea, uh, no, the Gabon issue. They saw the science in 2016. They never did anything about it. And they saw the signs where they were going for the elections, that this is a red flag that may create problems. And yet, when observers across Africa and Europe were banned from attending the democratic process of voting the next president, they never raised the red flag until the military was asked to take over. I think they will need to have frank leadership discussions among themselves and beginning to identify what are the challenges on the African continent particularly those ones that may lead to a coup d'etat. And once they are able to resolve them beforehand, then we will say that these are leaders who are well prepared to take Africa to the next level. Other than that, they have a long way to go. Uh, in a nutshell, you agree with the president indicating that democracy is on the decline? Uh, yes, to some extent. But to every cause, there's a root cause. To every cause, there's an effect. He, he came into politics, elected as a president, democratically voted for. We have issues of 12 people being shot in Techima South. He never commented on it. You have another election next year. You don't think you are wetting the grounds where people could take the law into their own hands. And these are all pillars of democracy. 
where we borrow this democracy from, this issue would have been investigated and people would have been asked to step down or pay for the crimes they have committed. He has a duty and a responsibility to lead. And I don't think he's leading in the right direction when it comes to democratic principles in some other areas in our governance systems in Africa. And so to hear him speak in that manner, I think people might have issues with levels of the things he said. And it would be better to benchmark rather what the Speaker of Parliament said. Since this is a parliamentary conference based on Commonwealth principles in Accra. And so let's go to parliamentary side and leave the governance for which our president is a key person in Africa. Grateful. Richard Kumado, security consultant, joining us uh, Thank you. here on The Pulse. that time of the year again and we're asking the question will Presec Legon make it uh, to the uh, final uh, moment of garnering some eight uh, more trophies or another school will clinch the bragging rights of uh, that journey which is beginning to find this year's champion of the National Science and Mass Quiz uh, beginning today with the arrival of uh, participating schools 100 and uh, some 17 schools are uh, expected uh, to be on the campus of the KNUST within the next two days ahead of the prelim stage of the national tournament. Three times champions and Peter's SHS at Chimota School and uh, Westy Girls will uh, this year begin their campaign from the prelim stage after losing their seed at sports last year. Jacqueline and Samar Yeboa has the rest of the story because she's been interacting with some of the school uh, students uh, who have been arriving on the KNUSD campus. It's that time where all the schools converge at one place for the National Science and Maths Quiz. We are right here at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, where we have about 56 schools arriving for the preliminary contest of the 2023 edition of the National Science and Maths Quiz. So let's have an interaction with most of the students who are arriving today to get to know the expectations, um, how far and how well they have prepared for this contest. For me here, I have students from St. Monica's um, Secondary School. Hello, ladies. How are you? Yeah, fine. Thank you. You look like you're shy. <laughs> you're here um, starting with the preliminaries. How well are you prepared for it? I'll start with you. 
we are well prepared and we are just hoping for the best. We have been learning throughout for three, almost three years now, and then we are hoping that it will come out well for us. All right. But my big question: um, any school um, here that you see as a threat to um, the competition that you are about to contest for? Because sometimes you'd be like, "Hey, this school is like, hey, we might not be able to conquer them." But let, let me know which which school do you think is a threat to you? Well, for me, it's. Yellow Krobo, but we are hoping that. Yellow Krobo. Why Yellow Looking at their performance at the regional championship, they did really well. They were very impressive. It's kind of like a threat. A threat to you. Right, what about you? Do you think it's so Yellow Krobo? Yes. Okay, what about you? Okay, me, I don't really have a chat in terms of the skills. I believe we are going to face the questions. So if the questions are suitable for us, then we are winning. We don't have any chats. I've got a couple of them. It's not a couple. All the contestants are here. So um, can you tell me your name? I'll start with you. Butchie Bright. Bright and? James Guest. And? Steven. Steven. Okay. Um, can you give it to him? Steven. All right. So... How has it been for you so far? Um, last year, you got to you, you got to the preliminary stage. You got knocked out. This year, you are back. What is different this time around? Let me start with you. Oh, we are hoping you should qualify from uh, the prelims to one eighth or quarterfinals. That's why we are here. Not the main finale. You don't want to qualify for the main finale. Oh. By the God gifts we qualified here, we will thank that God who helped us. Okay. You contested three years ago. How is it for you? How has it been? Wait, how has life been for you? Normal. Normal. It didn't come with any pressure and all that. But what were some of the lessons that you learned? Which was three years ago. Two years. Two years ago, 2021. So how has it been for you so far? Actually, it was the first time for the school. So... Preparation wasn't what that easy. Yeah, yeah, so but we we did our best by qualifying from the zone zone. Now, uh, yeah, at least that was that was not your first time, and that, then that was quite a pressure on you, wasn't it? Or it wasn't that much of a pressure. Yeah. Okay. Being here for the first time, pressure was there although, but not all that much. Okay. All right. And um, where are you now? Do you pursue your science and math? Because usually we have there's this um, argument that most of the times when we are done, um, we don't really hear of them. But I'm glad I met you today. What have you been up to? Right now, I'm currently at UMAT. Okay. Pursuing mining engineering. That's great. All right. So it's in between easy and difficult. It's not really difficult, but it's not also very easy. We've gone and done our homework on what we thought we were able to do. So right now we are coming with our A game on and expect the best from us. Just as you've heard from the contestants of the National Science and Math Quiz, they are not here to be spectators, but rather citizens of NSMQ. For join news, Jacqueline Ansoua Yaboa.
because that excitement is on, we will be that media house bringing you all of the action as far as the uh, 2023 National Science and Math Quiz is uh, concerned. And, of course, just stay on the Join News channel. You'll get all of the action. I'm just wondering which of the schools you're uh, on the lookout for. But uh, my guest in studio will also be telling me about the school he's rooting for. We are all on the lookout for who the next champion is. But I have a big surprise for you in studio. Now, we have something right here. It looks uh, more or less like a barrel. If I open it now, lots of beer will be flowing through this. And that's why we're all excited to be talking about the beer, uh, October Beer Fest, uh, Festival, which is uh, happening at the Labadi Beach Hotel. There's lots in store for you that you'll be hearing about very shortly from uh, Mr. George East. He was uh, the head of um, sales and marketing at the Labadi Beach Hotel. Thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having uh, me. And, um, it feels good to be back. Yeah, indeed. Uh, time really flies. It does. Right? It does. It does. The last time I missed the opportunity of tasting this. You, you're not missing I'm certainly it. coming for this. And we'll talk about this very shortly. But I'm super excited because you're coming at a very great time. Uh, just uh, over the weekend, you were also awarded. Yes, so congratulations. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. What happened at the CIMG? Oh, you know, I mean, uh, thank you, thank you. And uh, um, <laughs> wonderful afternoon to your yeah. viewers. So for the second time running, mm-hmm. when I say second time running, it means yeah. um, 2021 mm-hmm. and 2022, we've been adjudged CIMG Hospitality Facility of the Year. How do you do that? Well, it's, it all boils down to the hard work, the commitment on the part of the... And the good beer as well. And, and, and also to mention that the, yeah. the, the customers out there who keep who keeps believing in us mm-hmm. and um, coming to us all the time, the yeah. loyalty yeah. over the years, yeah. it's really amazing. And so we thank everybody and we dedicate this award to, to the board of directors who continue to give us the guidance, um, management with all the implementation of the policies, the staff that are always working hard mm. to ensure that we exceed the expectations of our, our guests yeah. and um, to the wonderful customers that keeps coming to us. Thank you so much. The CIMG Hospitality Facility of the Year mm-hmm. Award is dedicated and to And this you. will mean that more and more people will be coming expecting more from you, to whom much is giving, much is expected. That is How right. is this award motivating you to do more, actually? Well, you know, it keeps inspiring us to know that uh, whatever you're doing, people are watching. Yeah. They're observing, and that really puts us in the position to, to really bring ourselves um, as, as relevant as possible when you talk about the market. And so this will, will mean more hard work on the part of, the, of management and staff. And for sure, I have no doubt in, in, the, in the level of um, zeal, in the level of commitment uh, on the part of staff and management. And certainly, we will, we will achieve even higher um, feeds. And we're starting with the October 1st. Let's yes. talk about it then. Uh, um, Lastly, I'm sure many people missed the opportunity. Yes. This year, we're looking forward to having more and more people join us. But for the benefit of those who did not listen to the conversation when we brought, up, we brought it up the first time, yes. there's a question about October 1st and what's so unique about it, by the way. Well, thanks again. Uh, October 1st is very, very unique. So we're talking uh, a German culture, a German festival that was introduced uh, in 1810. And if you consider this year as the, the, one of the, um, the years that we are celebrating, and we're talking about a festival that is as old as 213 years. No, it started as a royal celebration for, yeah. the, for the crown prince yeah. and then the princess that got married. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, every year, now the pe- people of Munich in, in Germany were invited to feast, and they were invited to be part of the celebration. And so it became like an mm-hmm. anniversary celebration, sort of. Yeah. Then 
at a point they introduced a lot of activities, fun activities. There was horse racing. Then it, it metamorphosed into an agricultural fair. Mm -hmm. Then latter part, we we began to see how now the the people will now build tents, mm -hmm. huge tents. Yes. And the list of the tents that you could find yes. at an Oktoberfest beer festival will be a tent that will accommodate about 6,000 people. And that I thought, much? That much, that 6, much. And, and mind you, mm -hmm. this festival attracts 6 million people globally to oh, Munich yeah. in, 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 in Germany every Each year. year. Mm. Yes, we have a lot of people who travel to Germany. So it's a really, really of, big... It's a big one. The festival. It's a big you, one. You know, there's a question on my mind because uh, when we hear about the Oktoberfest, everyone is excited. There's so much um, zeal and people looking forward to it. But then we have, you know, a section of Ghanaians who would say, okay, it's about beer. So, I mean, if we are going presumptively, you, yeah. you would say... It's about alcohol. Yeah. But how yeah. about the non-alcoholic options for, for just those who want to come and also join the celebration? Absolutely. You're right. I think uh, we, we are not uh, oblivious of the fact. Yes. I mean, it's not everybody that takes alcohol. Uh, yes. Um, I've always said that I, I don't drink beer, but I do not deny myself of the opportunity to be part of the fun oh. and also to experience the cultural aspect of the festival. So there's more to it. There's the more beer. to it. And those who do not drink beers are going to, whether it's wine, mm -hmm. whether it's any non-alcoholic cocktails, mm -hmm. or those who are whiskey lovers, those who are champagne, Prosecco lovers, are going to have them in abundance. And so even though the name suggests that it's the beer festival, uh, there are no restrictions to what kind of uh, beverages you can have. have yes. So we have them in abundance. But traditionally, it's German food and German beers. We know the Germans love their beers. <laughs> and it's their culture. It's their, yeah. their um, how do you call it, festival. Mm -hmm. So what we see this to be is also part of promoting cultural tourism. Mm -hmm. You know, tourism is diverse. We talk about the food and then the, 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 the waste the lifestyle of the people and everything. Yeah. And this is what we are doing. And blessed, I think, authorities must begin to look at a festival yeah. that yeah. has really developed into, into this big event. Yeah. And we have all the Ujures, we have all the, uh, the, the Kweru festivals yes. and everything. And I think it's about time we began to look at okay. it from that point. Since you're talking about culture, is there a dress code for this event? You know, this is, this okay. is a German uh, yeah. uh, um, festival. Typically, okay. you see the men will be in their lederhosen. Uh, and, then, and then the women will be in their Bavarian dental. Yeah, but right again, here in Ghana. But yes, yes, you have those who wow. are familiar mm -hmm. and they have them. So that will, they will come in those dresses. But there are no restrictions. People, I mean, you just need to be comfortable mm -hmm. in, your, in your dressing, mm -hmm. whatever it is, because yeah. uh, these are high-end uh, people in the society. You're talking about ambassadors. You're talking about high commissioners, the diplomatic corps, um, captains of industry who mm -hmm. really want to have fun, yes. who want to be part of it. And, you know, tonight the band is arriving from, 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 from Germany. Oh, that's the Bayern, a spice to it. Yes, the Bayern boys band. I'll, I'll just be at the airport to right. receive them. They are all fired up for two days of excitement, two days of beautiful people coming together, two days of networking, two days of traditional German food, beer, and what have you. Let's take the location again for those who, um, you know, uh, just not aware of where all of the action is happening. And then let's get to know where we can get the tickets for the event. Um, so it's happening right at Labadi Beach Hotel this Friday, yeah. 6 and then 7. So what will happen is on the 6th, which is a Friday, we'll have a rep from the German embassy. Mm -hmm. Normally it will be the ambassador. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's on his way uh, um, for another engagement yeah. on Friday. So we are very privileged to have the acting head of mission to, to do the tapping of the cake at 6 p.m. Okay. to signify the opening of the festival. 
So when the first drop drop comes down from the barrel, then the festival has opened. And we're going to have fun. The band is going to play from 6 p.m. throughout till midnight. Then day one is done. Now, day two, which is Saturday, mm-hmm. I mean, there are people who want to really spend some time before the band starts. So lunch and the, and the food and drinks are going to be available from midday. Right. But the band starts playing from 6 p.m. So mm-hmm. if you decide to come uh, during the afternoon on Saturday, yes, you may, you'll find the food and drinks. But then the live band will be playing from 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, you know, we have not made this a ticketed event. So all that we ask is that people will just book their tables. Oh. Yes, you know, it will, it will get there eventually. Yeah. But we want to make it so popular, let people understand what October 1st is. Oh. And so this is not ticketed. All you need to do is to just um, take your phone numbers, yeah. call our staff who are on standby. The numbers are 0302-772-501 or 0244-747670. And the last number is 249 532 866, just call and then take... Okay, let's take the last number slowly so people can... Okay, so we have three numbers. There's 0302 7725 0244-747670. That's all all you're telling us. But you're saying it in a very nice way. Because the diplomats will be there and all the big people in the country will be there. But but, but let me emphasize, though, that, I mean, you pay for your food and drinks when you come. Uh, It is very, very important. Mm -hmm. You see, people are comfortable standing, but some also do get there without any prior arrangement, Mm -hmm. and then they they really want to have a seat. The reason why we're asking and encouraging that you call, so we can actually... We um, can find a good space for you. Exactly. Because you're going to be there from 6 p.m. to midnight. And I tell you, when it's getting to midnight and the fun keeps increasing, that's where people don't want to leave. Yeah. So this is something that you can take yourself out. We entreat everybody to be yeah. part of October 1st. Any Festival. message for our viewers? Any... Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, we're very privileged. We've had the opportunity to have partners. Brazos Airline are on board as sponsors. They're oh, bringing back. The band is coming. And so thank you so much, Brazos Airline. Um, Shout-outs to the local team here and then also the team uh, in the head office. And then also we have Morris TV, mm-hmm. who have also come to give it, um, to, to, to support us with coverage. Support, yeah. Morris TV and Net2, they've also oh, come on board to amazing. support us. And, of course, and of course yeah, we're here. You can't leave <laughs> us out. Media group. I mean, thank you so much for pushing it yes. for the support mm-hmm. over the years. And yeah. we look forward to great two nights of excitement on Friday and Saturday. Okay, then. Uh, so that's George AC, Head of Sales and Marketing at the Labadi Beach Hotel. Uh, there's a curious question, though, about this. Yes. What happens if I drink all of this in one you night? Know, someone can just do it in two. <laughs> okay? Someone can do two of this. And, and then you're I gone. Mean, yeah, yeah. So there is a popular phrase that we have. In October, as we say, walk in, crawl mm-hmm. out. Oh, I see. <laughs> you will be crawling out, so you need to be walk cautious in, about crawl that. Out, when and you then one other one that we yes. say is that come for the beer, stay for the cheer. I see. Amazing, amazing. And of course, it will be a good time at the Labadi Beach Hotel. You need to be there. George, thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure for having me. Thank right. you. We're taking a break. We'll be back.
Smile. Hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written and approved by the FD. The stage is set for Africa's most prestigious awards event. Join us to celebrate the men of the year at the 8th EMY Africa Awards on Saturday, the 14th of October at the Grand Arena, Accra International Conference Center. Red carpet starts at 6 p.m. Our partners include the Diaspora Affairs Office of the President of Ghana, the Multimedia Group, EY Ghana, Rhythms Africa, and the Labadi Beach Hotel. Our sponsors, the NLA 590 Mobile, Arocha Ghana, Go Energy, Flora Tissues, Houdin, Baggett Ghana, DVO Ghana and Special Ice Water. Supported by Media Partners, Joy FM, Joy Prime TV and Adum TV. For more information, call 020-201-8870. The 8th EMY Africa Awards. Inspiring greatness. Silver iodide. You are right. Mark your calendars, set reminders, and get ready for the academic showdown of the year. The 2023 National Science and Mass Quiz. It's time for the brightest young minds in Ghana to battle it out for academic supremacy. Expect mind-bending equations, heart-pounding moments, and nail-biting suspense as the best schools Go head-to-head. Who will emerge the ultimate champions and claim the prestigious trophy? Catch the action on TV, radio, and online starting 6th to 24th October 2023. The 2023 National Science and Mass Quiz is produced by Primetime Limited and sponsored by the Ghana Education Service in partnership with Goyo PLC and supported by AT, Airtel Tigo, Prudential Life Insurance Ghana, Pepsodent, Better Mold, APSA, Accra College of Medicine, Academic City University College, Coronation Insurance, Garnet, Cowbell, Bellacqua, GTP, and YFM. The broadcast of the National Science and Mass Quiz on Joy News and Joy Prime is supported by Vitamilk, German Ozone Medical Center, Virtual Security Africa, Royal Full, Ace Medical Insurance, Chop Box Technologies, Syntex Tanks, Build Financial Technologies, and Family Health University College. home is an accomplishment when it comes to choosing our preference of living we are faced with a dilemma Will you go for affordability, comfort, or luxury? Well, we will help you choose your preferred home at a very affordable and convenient way at the 2023 edition of the Republic Bank Lovathum Cabinet Fair. Slated for Friday, 6 October to Sunday, 8 October, 2023 at the Kumasi City Mall, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. each day. This event is brought to you by your superstation, Love 99.5 FM, in partnership with Republic Bank. Powered by Airport City HDG Homes. And sponsored by DBS Industries Limited. 
Syntex Tank, the ultimate protection plus insurance product from Star Life Assurance, safety and home solutions, supported by And thanks for staying with us. Now, parents are being advised to inculcate their children with the habit of reading in order to promote uh, literary uh, education. Uh, now, uh, already the Ghana Education Service in the Birmingham North District say they plan to uh, set up more reading clubs in partnership with the non-profit group in Tiamo Foundation, which will aim to promote the reading culture amongst young pupils within the district. There's more in this report. Literacy is a key component of Ghana's education curriculum as almost all education activities and assessment rely heavily on the ability to read and write. However, some rural communities in Ghana have grappled with the challenge of accessing educational materials that will promote the habit of reading and writing. In a bit to reverse this trend, the Intiamwa Foundation says it has set out to promote partnerships that will help inculcate the culture of reading amongst young pupils. Birim North District Education Director Chelsea Pia tells Joy News that joining reading clubs will help children to improve their ability to read and write. He is also urging parents to allow the awards to participate in such exercises. I want to pledge uh, support towards the realization of the vision of this foundation in forming the uh, reading clubs. We are there as a directory to support them to realize their vision. And we are going to do this to support, to ensure that it becomes fully established, I mean the clubs. One want to include reading clubs activities in our usual monitoring activities. So officially we are going to include that in our monitoring activities. And then we are going to incorporate reading clubs activities into our timetable. We are going to formalize it and make it part of our timetable. We are going to step up membership drive uh, into the reading clubs, whip up the interest of the community members to send their boards to join the clubs. Some of the coordinators have been sharing their views with Joy News. Although we were running the, uh, the, um, the club in our schools, but then coming here we've been enlightened on so many things, especially the sign languages that goes with the um, alphabet and the sounds, everything, it's been a lot. Um, we've totally eradicated the phobia in learning English, especially when it comes to reading. It was a norm that when the pupils get to JHS, they find it very difficult to read, so therefore they'll just scrap away English. But now, since we've put in games and other interesting things, the people are getting the interest in English, all thanks to Intiama Foundation. This workshop has opened wide the insight to learning more in making the club a stagnant one in our schools. Help me to know the letter sound and their signs. This workshop, I have learned more things such as the multiplication sounds and how to remove words from other ways. Project manager Shiva Opong Banahini, while underscoring the importance of literacy, added that the Intiamwa Foundation will work towards sustaining the literacy project. What the Reading Club is doing is bringing kids who are struggling or even doing well to improve their skills.
We're not only doing that, we've employed the um, strategy of gamification. Because I remember when we were young, games were part of learning. We had learning games. Games that talked about general language, like the count your berries. You would ask, you know, give me the names of countries, names of fruit, colors. Whilst you're playing, you were learning. We had multiplication games, spelling games, active listening games. That's what we are employing as part of our reading program. Because we think that if the kid is excited about all the learning games, reading becomes more fun. When they come across those words, it's easier to pronounce them when they open a book. And that's the whole essence of what the reading club program is. And our Sky Girls, a multimedia girl empowerment program by Girls uh, for Girls, by, has stressed uh, its resolve to impact more girls across the country through partnerships in collaboration with the Ghana Education Service. Sky Girls Ghana organized a stakeholder engagement forum where stakeholder en- uh, stakeholders actually engaged in discussions towards uh, reaching such programs in Ghana by establishing relationships and partnerships with like-minded organizations to increase efforts uh, which impact the youth, especially teenage girls in Ghana. Sky Girls, a multimedia empowerment program for girls, has stressed its resolve to impact more girls across the country at a stakeholder engagement forum. Projects manager of Sky Girls Ghana, Ya Krantima Boateng, shed light on the essence of partnerships and the need for more interventions for young girls in Ghana. So Sky is a multimedia empowerment program by girls for girls. We were launched in Ghana in 2017, so we've been in Ghana for the span of six years. Sky was initially created for an anti-tobacco campaign due to the high rise of girls developing interest in tobacco with misconceptions. But now we have expanded to incorporate other issue areas like adolescent reproductive health, like STEM, like financial literacy and career choices. We have a behavioral change model that has worked for us, so we use that as a case study to set the tone for more discussions, to foster more collaborations in Ghana for the teenage girls. Some teenage girls from the Sky Girls Ghana community shared their experiences and the benefits of Sky Girls. How I started my bead work, I started when I was 13 in my previous school. So with the bead work, it wasn't public, but Sky made it public for me through the magazines and their social media platforms and I got other job offers through Sky because people saw my artwork and then and I would want to recommend stuff from me for me to be able to sell to other people who'd want it. When I joined Sky Girls I didn't really know what shisha was because I see people smoke shisha and all they tell me is shisha is just a flavor blah 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 so when I got into Sky Girls one day we were having a group chat, then our Sky Big Sister posted in the group that, oh, um, Shisha contains this and this and this. It harms the system. It causes damage. It's like the weed and the cigarettes we smoke. So that's when I got to know that mm, Shisha wasn't good because I didn't know. National Science and Maths Quiz Mistress Professor Elsie Ifa Kaufman, also a Sky Woman in STEM, was a recipient of an award for her contribution to the Sky magazine and a role model to the girls in STEM. Okay. I 
from Ghana Education Service, Stephanie Mriko Asante, also spoke about Sky Girls' support in the educational system. My role as a safeguarding consultant for Sky Ghana provided support to Sky Ghana team in capacity building and ensured that concerns from girls were handled appropriately in line with safeguarding policy best practices. Through the GES partnership with Sky Ghana, we were able to strengthen a sense of community among teenage girls in schools. After six years of collaborating with Sky Ghana team, our observations are as follows. A reduction in smoking shisha among teen girls in school, in school girls and out of school within the wage area Sky activated. An improvement in girls' abilities to share their challenges and seek for help when necessary. Well, that's all we have for you in this package of the polls. I am blessed so can log on to my journalline.com. Lots of stories there for you. We'll see you again. Bye-bye. <laughs> right. I'm hoping that someone will come and take the, the, this one to 